It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back, NFC East fans. I am Marcus Mosher of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. And joining me today is the fantastic Patricia Trainer from Lockdown Giants. Uh, Patricia, a big, big matchup this week for the Cowboys and the Giants. The Giants looking to go to two and three. Cowboys looking to continue their win streak. Uh, how are the Giants fans feeling right now about their team? Giant fans are feeling pretty good. I mean, considering they went down to what I call the House of Horrors in New Orleans, yeah. and they were able to pull off an upset victory in overtime, overcoming an 11-point deficit going into that fourth quarter. Um, this is what I think everybody was expecting to see from the Giants, particularly on offense, deep vertical routes, um, running the ball, moving the chains, no glaring mistakes. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game, but it was considering what we have seen the first uh, three weeks prior to that game, it was pretty darn close and it had a lot of people smiling on Monday. Uh, So let's start with Daniel Jones, because I really think that's the big storyline here. We're entering what year three of the Daniel Jones experience. And I got to say, Patricia, he's looked pretty good this season. Like definitely looks improved from last year. What What are your takes on Daniel Jones so far? Yeah, I definitely agree. He's looked a lot more comfortable in this offense. And, you know, coming into the season, there were two things I wanted to see from Daniel Jones. Number one, obviously, cut down on the turnovers. Mm. That that just drove everybody nuts. Now, you know, he had the one interception against um, against the Saints. That came on a Hail Mary towards the end of the, uh, I think that. it was the first yeah. half. You can't count that. No. Exactly. So as far as I'm concerned, he hasn't thrown an interception. Um, he's been better with the ball security. You haven't seen... Um, um, too many fumbles. I think there was just one botch snap, if I'm not mistaken, and that came against the Falcons. But the important thing and the biggest thing, I think, is, A, he's making faster reads. 
and more accurate reads. So he's not being fooled by what he's seeing by defenses. And he's not sitting there uh, patting that ball. You know, we call it burping the baby, you know, where he's sitting there patting that ball and looking, 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 where am I going to go with it? He's getting that ball out of his hands and he's getting it to the right guys. And he's not getting it into super tight windows that have a high risk, high reward type of deal. He's taking more or less what the defense is giving him. And that just shows a sign of maturity that he's maybe that the game is not only slowing down for him, but he's also becoming more patient back there in the pocket. So I know a lot of Cowboy fans want to know about Saquon Barkley and the rest of the receiving core, but you're going to have to listen to Patricia's podcast to talk about that because I don't want to talk about the the running backs right now. I want to talk about the offensive line because I think that's what matters more here, right? Andrew Thomas last year really struggled as a rookie. How has he been in year two? Oh my gosh, like night and day. This kid has been so much better. He's been settled in his technique. Um, He's always been coachable, but I think last year, the combination of having a bum ankle, of having two different uh, offensive line coaches. Mm. I mean, if you consider this year how he's had a different left guard next to him just about every week, that kid has settled down and he has been so much better in doing what he has to do. And big credit and props to him for, you know, taking that coaching and being consistent with applying it. And uh, I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but I don't believe he's given up a sack yet this year. And I think he's given up, I want to say eight pressures, six or eight pressures. I forget the number according to pro football focus. So huge, huge difference in Andrew Thomas. He's starting to look like the guy, the giants, the giants hope they were getting when they drafted him uh, last year, fourth overall. Now you mentioned the interior offensive lineman and the left guard. Now that's where the giants have been hit with some injuries. So is that the one spot that's still making you a little nervous about this offense? Not so, not really. I, I thought last week the Giants, you know, the pass protection on the whole has been pretty good, which is kind of surprising. Mm. The run defense, I'm sorry, the run offense, uh, the run blocking, that needs a little bit more. I, I, I think, you know, They've struggled a little bit with that, especially on those runs in between the tackle. Mm -hmm. They are still having trouble picking up stunts and twists, which I believe the Cowboys like to do a lot of on defense. So that has me worried. But um, overall, I didn't think the offensive line last week looked that bad. And I can't honestly say this season there's been a performance, you know, other than maybe in the pre, you know, in the preseason, yes. But I can't honestly say that I've I've come away thinking, oh my God, this offensive line is garbage. I mean, they played pretty well considering the injuries they've had. You know, they lost Nick Gates, they've lost Sh- mm-hmm. uh, Shane Lemieux, um, Billy Price had to get thrown in there, Matt Skura had to get thrown in there at left guard. So they've done pretty well there, all things considering. All right, let's go to the defense. Uh, the Cowboys have a, a really good playmaker in Micah Parsons and their defense who's been rushing really well. But I've also been really impressed with Aziz Ojolari. It's a guy I know the Cowboy fans liked a lot and wanted to have the draft, maybe even at number 10. Uh, he fell all the way to the second round of the Giants. Uh, how has Ojolari played so far? He has been probably their brightest spot on defense. You know, it's interesting. I'm working on an article now about the Giants' pass rush and how sluggish it's looked. Ojulari, now he was kept off the stat sheet in the sack department last week uh, against the Saints, but he has three of the giant six sacks this season. The kid has just been explosive. He's been, you know, you could see that eagerness, that hungriness in him. Um, he just needs to, I think, continue to develop plans 
for his pass rush because sometimes when when his first move is thwarted, he's he kind of is taken out of the picture. But I really like what this kid brings to the table. It's just a matter of time. Right now, it's interesting. I don't think he's the starter. I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the game books, but they've had Lorenzo Carter and they've had O'Shane Zimenez as a starter. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of weeks or so, O'Jolari takes more of O'Shane Zimenez's snaps mm-hmm. because this kid just is, has been that much better. And he's been pretty good against the run. You haven't seen a whole lot of instances where he's been trucked over by a running back or hasn't been able to get off of a block. So I really like what he brings to the table. And I think it's just a matter of time before he's starting. Uh, so Blake Martinez is one of my favorite players in the league. Just so much fun to watch. He's a tackling machine, went down with an injury. I don't believe he's coming back this season. How are the Giants going to replace him? It's been tough. You know, they, they've they had uh, Tay Crowder, who was uh, Martinez's quote-unquote partner in crime back there, be, take the helmet on. They've also had Reggie Ragland. And it's interesting because if you take uh, the athleticism of Tay Crowder and you put Reggie Ragland's brain, you know, his head. You got a great linebacker, right? <laughs> you, would have the per- you would have the perfect linebacker. You would have, you might have Blake Martinez plus. Yes. So, um, so yeah, Reggie Ragland has been the downhill guy, the, the two down backer, the guy you want in there against the run and in pass coverage, you don't want him in there. He's a liability. Tate Crowder has a little bit more athleticism, but he's not quite as polished as you'd like to see him at this point. He will, hopefully get better at it, but he's the one who can run, who has the speed. And, you know, um, it's interesting. They haven't been playing Carter Coughlin a whole lot, which is kind of surprising. He's, he's another inside linebacker. They have a young guy that they drafted in the seventh round last year. And uh, Coughlin, I'm just surprised they haven't played him more because he's another guy with speed and athleticism. And I suspect over the, you know, the next few weeks, you'll see more of him. If not, maybe uh, as an off-ball linebacker, maybe as an edge rusher, but I'd like to see them get him more involved in, in, you know, that whole mix. So I just have a feeling that's the spot the Cowboys are going to try to to target on defense, just by the way that you're talking about him, Patricia, because it does seem like I mean, I, I can remember back to Reggie Ragland's days at Alabama. It's just somebody you don't want in the field in man-to-man situations. So I, I would look for Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin to potentially win that matchup. Uh, the last one I want to mention, or last player, is Dory Jackson, uh, a big free agent signing for the Giants uh, over the offseason. How has he played so far? Mixed bag. I think it's it's safe to say it's a mixed bag. They haven't quite had the lights out play from him. You know, he had the big drop interception. Um, I think it was against the Falcons. Um, there've been mm. a couple of times where he's gotten turned around and burned. Um, how much of that is a result of, you know, the time he had a miss because he did have that late training camp injury. Um, how much of that is just, you know, him getting used to this, the scheme. I, I don't know the answer to it, but I think maybe people want us to see a little bit more from him. Now, is that coming you would like to think that with each passing week, he's going to get more and more comfortable and more and more sure of himself. So the jury's still kind of out on him. I don't think the Giants are necessarily getting, you know, an early return on the investment they made yep. in him. But there is optimism that he will turn it around and, and deliver down the stretch. All right, Patricia, it's time to make your prediction for this game. Who do you have winning and why? Well, I've said in the past that I wouldn't pick the Giants until they gave me reason to believe. And they gave me reason to believe last week. They did against the Saints. That said, and gosh, it it pains me to say this, I'm not quite ready to put them 
on in an upset against the Cowboys on yeah. the road. I think Dallas is going to edge them out. I think it will be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout as, you know, some of the Cowboy Giant games have been over the course of history. But um, if I had to take a guess, I'm going to say I'm going to go 35 Cowboys, 35 Giants, 30. Okay. I think you and I are both in agreement. This is going to be a close game because it's just what divisional games are, right? They're always close. So, uh, just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And welcome back, Giant fans, to the crossover part of our show here on the Lock on Giants podcast. And again, thank you for making us our for your first listen of the day. My name is Patricia Trainer, and I'm joined now by Marcus Mosier. He is one of the co-hosts of the Lock on Cowboys podcast, and he's here to give us the dirt on the Dallas Cowboys, what we can expect here at from the Giants' perspective. Marcus, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me on, Patricia. I'm excited for this matchup. Cowboys-Giants always have some great games, so I'm excited to get into it. And both teams, of course, coming off of big victories this mm-hmm. past week. The Cowboys knocking off the undefeated Carolina Panthers and the Giants with the big win over the New Orleans Saints in overtime. An unexpected win, but nonetheless, a big one for Giants country. Now, Marcus, let's talk a little bit about the momentum from each of those games. Let's start there. I know from the Giants perspective, they're pretty pumped up about it, but what about the Cowboys? I mean, the Cowboys, there are higher expectations for them. How are they feeling coming off of that win? And what are your expectations regarding, you know, how they're going to approach this coming week? Yeah, they feel great. They feel like they should be 4-0. They felt like they they let that Tampa Bay game slip uh, away from them a little bit. You know, they were leading in that game with less than a minute left. Uh, so they they feel like they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have issues, but they just feel like as long as Dak Prescott is healthy, as long as the offensive line is relatively healthy, they can beat anybody in the league, and I kind of agree with them. All right, now let's uh, kind of drill down to the various areas on the Cowboys. And I got to start with the defense. All right. Mm. The Cowboys swapped out. Um, uh, they got, they added Dan Quinn. They got rid of Mike Nolan after Mike Nolan's defense last year, historically bad, if I'm not mistaken. Hard not to blame him, right? That's <laughs> like a good decision so far. Exactly. But, you know, so far it looks like Dan Quinn has had this unit playing pretty well. What kind of changes have you seen made to the scheme? And can you talk about the additions they've made in terms of the personnel and the impact they've had on the Cowboys defense? Yeah, Patricia. So I think the biggest thing is they install weekly game plans. And that seems so simple, right? Like, why wouldn't you game plan your defense around the opposing offense? It it, it sounds so elementary, but that's what they've been doing. And that's not what Mike Nolan and the previous coaching staff uh, did at all. So they look completely different depending on the opponent. Some weeks they'll play a 3-4. Some weeks they'll play a 4-2. Some weeks they'll play a 4-3. It just completely depends. They send blitzes depending on where quarterback struggles. Uh, and really the big part of this defense is Michael Parsons 
You can play him on the edge. You can play him at linebacker. You can play him as a defensive tackle, like we saw last week. Uh, and then Osa Odigizua, a third-round pick that they have this year from UCLA. He gives them somebody in the middle of their defensive line that can create pressure. Those two guys, along with Trevon Diggs, have really revamped this entire defense. And what about the back end of the defense? I think that was the big question mark, if I'm not mistaken, coming into mm-hmm. the season. How have they done? And what's been, you know, the the I guess the X factor, if you will, for that unit? Yeah, so it depends a little bit on the game. Uh, Trevon Diggs is obviously off to a fantastic start. Five interceptions this year. The other cornerback spots are a little hit and miss. Anthony Brown has really struggled this year. Jordan Lewis has not been great. So that's where you can expose the Cowboys defense. But they've been really happy with the safety play. J. Ron Curse, a free agent addition from the Lions, playing fantastic in the box. Uh, DeMonte Casey, a free agent addition for the Falcons, just flying around in the back end. They're not perfect. They're going to give up a lot of big plays, but they make a lot of explosive plays on defense. And when you have an offense that is as good as Dallas, this is all you can ask for. Now, staying with the defense here, I want to talk about Micah Parsons, a guy that I know some Giant fans really mm-hmm. wanted to see drafted. Um, I think early on they had him lining up on the edge and they kind of moved him now to an off-ball position. What was the thinking behind that and what have you seen and has that been a better fit for what the for, for what they're trying to do on defense? Yeah, so the Cowboys have kind of mixed and matched uh, Parsons a little bit. And I would just say, Patricia, don't worry too much about what his actual position is because it changes depending on the play. It changes depending on the game and the opponent. So this week against the Giants, I would not be surprised at all if he's more of a middle linebacker and he's playing the quarterback spy on Daniel Jones and he's rushing down, uh, you know, the A gaps on third down. But in other games, he might be rushing off the edge, just depending on who the offensive tackle is, and who the quarterback is. So he doesn't have a set position, and the Cowboys like it that way. He, he's their X factor on defense. He's the most important player they have, uh, and he's playing extremely well. And where is the weak spot right now on that Cowboys defense, if they have one? Yeah, so it's still defensive end a little bit. Randy Gregory played outstanding last week, but Demarcus Lawrence is out with a foot injury. When they don't have them, they don't really generate a lot of pass rush on the other side of Gregory. And then the interior of their defense. We talked about Oso Digizua, but they have a lot of injuries there. No Neville Gallimore, no Carlos Watkins, no Tristan Hill. It's just not a very deep spot. So the later we get into these games, I think the defensive line gets tired because of how many snaps they have to play. Uh, if you can run the ball, if you can kind of play, you know, use up a lot of time of possession and have a lot of plays in a drive, I think you can expose them a little bit. And of course, that leads into my next question. You know, last week, the Giants were able to move the ball on the ground and in the air. Saquon Barkley starting to look like Saquon Barkley again. How concerning is that matchup for you for the Cowboys defense? I mean, it's obviously concerning because Barkley is an explosive playmaker. But the the real thing here is Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones has played pretty well over the last couple of weeks. They've got to be able to create pressure. They can't give him safe pockets and comfortable pockets to throw in. If the Cowboys can create some pressure, create some chaos around them, I think they'll be fine. I know Barkley's really good, but ultimately it comes down to the quarterback and if you can disrupt him. All right. Now, Marcus, let's flip over to the offensive side. And the last couple of weeks, the running game, the Cowboys Hmm. running game has just absolutely jumped off the charts. Um, Why do you think that's been the case? Why have they moved away from, you know, more of a balance uh, with the receiving game? Has it been injuries? Has it been performance? What, what do you think has been behind that? 
So Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, a couple of weeks ago said they're going to aggressively take what the defense gives them. And right now the defenses that are playing are just daring them to run the ball because they don't want to get gassed through the air by Dak Prescott. They've got two really good receivers in Amari Cooper and CD lamb. So you're seeing a lot of light boxes, five and six guys in the box and the Cowboys are fine. Just running the ball. That's what's so difficult about the offense. When you take away something, you give up something else. And the Cowboys are so good at running the ball. They're so good at throwing the ball down the field. It's really hard to just stop them from doing one thing. So in this game, if the Giants try to load up the box to stop Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, I would expect Dallas to kind of spread things out and throw the ball down the field. They're a very balanced and good offense that way. And uh, you mentioned Dak Prescott. You know, there were some obviously some concerns, question marks, if mm-hmm. you will, how he would look coming off of that devastating injury he suffered last year. How has he looked and does he look like his old self? I think he looks better. Now, he's not the same athlete and runner he was at this time last year. Remember, he got hurt week five against the Giants uh, last year. I don't think the schedule makers did that uh, on purpose, but you never know. Uh, so you're not going to see him take off and run very often. Uh, but where he's gotten better is in the pocket. I mean, he is just so good at reading defenses, getting this team uh, set up before the snap. Uh, I, I think this is the best football he's ever played. I believe he's averaging 35 points per game in his last 10 starts. Not too bad. I think Prescott's been unbelievable this year. And let's talk about, I think, an underrated part of that Cowboys offense. And that's been the play of the tight ends. Mm. I think the tight ends, you know, when, when we talk about the Cowboys offense, obviously we talk about Prescott, Elliott, we talk about the receivers, the tight ends aren't getting a whole lot of love. And I think they should be. I mean, what have they brought to the table and why have they been able to kind of sneak up on defenses? Well, they're just so incredibly well-rounded. Dalton Schultz is really good after the catch. You can throw him screens. You can throw him little out routes, and he's going to make guys miss. But the truth is they're just the part of the offense that defenses are not keying on, right? Again, when you have Amari Cooper and you have CeeDee Lamb and you have that rushing attack, you can only take away so many things. So Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz are always seeing, let's say, the fifth best defensive back on a team or the least amount of coverage. And they're making plays to their credit. So uh, I, I kind of expect that to continue because you're just not going to want Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb to beat you down the field. So give up some short passes to Dalton Schultz and you'll have to live and die by that way. And of course, it all starts up front with the offensive line. The Cowboys have always had a pretty good offensive line. I know they're missing uh, Lael Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they've had, if, correct me if I'm wrong, a couple of bumps and bruises on that unit. But still, how do you feel about that matchup, the Cowboy offensive line versus the Giants defensive front? Now, the tackle should be fine. They have Terrence Steele playing for Lyle Collins. He's actually been really good in the run game. Tyron Smith looks like he's back to his all-pro self. It's the interior. It's Tyler Biotish against the, the guys for the Giants and Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Biotish has been pretty clearly their weak spot right now, and he really struggles with guys that have a lot of power. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately – that's what the Giants have a lot of up front in their defensive line. So if you're going to stop the Cowboys, getting pressure in Dak's face is how you do it. Uh, I am a, a little concerned about what Lawrence and Williams can do in this matchup. And final question for you, Marcus, give me your prediction and be, don't be biased now. I think this game is going to be way closer than what people think for a couple of reasons. Divisional games are really close. And then on top of that, look at what Daniel Jones has done in the division throughout his career. His passer rating has been significantly better when playing divisional opponents. And also, 
I don't give Jason Garrett a lot of credit on this podcast. I mean, you know this, Patricia. But the one thing he does and has always done really well is game plan and scheme up against division opponents. So I do think the Cowboys should win, but I think this is going to be a close game. I'm, I'm going to go 30-27 Dallas. Ooh, okay. There you have it, folks. He is Marcus Mosier. He is the co-host of the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Make sure you check out their show. I'm going to be giving the dirt on the Giants over on their program. And thank you again, Giant fans, for making this show, the Locked on Giants podcast, your first listen of the day. Check out our other great lineup of shows, Locked on Bets, Locked on NFL, Locked on Today, Locked on Draft. We've got so many, you can't go wrong. For Marcus Mosier, I'm Patricia Trainer. Thanks so much for listening and we will catch you tomorrow giant fans is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.